so probably a fairly brief one today. Don't really have much in the way of an update as far as physical things, except to say that, man, this isolation thing makes it really difficult to keep weight under control. I expect that once this whole thing's over, I'm going to be hitting it pretty serious as far as losing weight because it's becoming a, an, a real uphill battle, even managing food intake. And I don't know what it is. It's the lack of structure, the being confined to a small place. I don't know what it is, but it's been very difficult. So I'm hoping this thing ends before I'm 30 pounds heavier than I want to be and it'll, you know, take years to recover. It's going to take years to recover financially anyway, but anyway, um, so during this process, my girlfriend and I have been watching a bunch of new shows. We, we've been, well, new shows, old shows, re-watching and the the ones that made me think maybe I, I wanted to talk about this are Elementary and The Mentalist. They're both very similar. Obviously, Elementary was very clearly based on Sherlock Holmes. Mentalist is basically the same, but it's, you know, he doesn't use the name Sherlock, and but it's sort of along the same lines with its own little... I guess, uh, alterations made to it. But there was a, a couple little things that really got me thinking. So the, the first thing was in elementary. So cause we're starting it over, it was only the, maybe the second or third episode. And Sherlock says to Watson something along the lines of how he just wants her there to listen to him because he wants to talk because when he talks, he discovers things that he didn't before, which is was very cool for me to hear because I've, I've said it a number of times that the main reason that I started this podcast was because I found that recording my thoughts as I'm going really helped me dive into them in a way that just thinking didn't allow me to and and the nice thing about recording this and having them to look back at is is you know I, I can relive that process a little bit and um and, and relearn things in some cases or or um strengthen strengthen them in some ways uh the other thing that was interesting to me that i was thinking through a lot was the it, it was in the episode of the mentalist they were basically doing a parody of the scientology church and there was one of the characters who she was a victim I, I don't think we ever even met this character or i don't remember us meeting her but but we she was dead from the beginning and they were searching for her and they found their her journals and she was an addict that this church had helped to recover but she found herself questioning a lot of their methods and then and this church didn't take too kindly to people questioning their methods 
so my initial thought when I when I saw that was I was thinking about how if we're wanting to make a big change in our life then sometimes it means setting aside the things that we already believe or the things we already know in order to be open-minded enough to make these changes that we want. At the same time, you know, you, you don't want to allow yourself to be taken advantage of. That's one of the great fears of people, I believe, is, is being taken advantage of. So it's a difficult line. It's difficult to know at what point do you take, I guess, that leap of faith and and trust somebody else, that trust that they're right and you're wrong. And when do you put on the brakes and say, no, that's not right. And, you know, not pay attention to what someone else is offering. It's I guess that's the eternal question, but it, it was something that I wanted to express and I want to think about a little bit because it's it's a fascinating thought to me. So so uh, I was kind of thinking of another idea recently and it does more relate to physical fitness and health and things and this this I guess will get a little bit philosophical so hopefully you appreciate that. I think that's probably what you came for. So I was thinking about ambition. I've talked at length about ambition, but this sprang to mind as I was I was listening to this book called Arguing with Socialists. And the well, the reason I was reading it was because I've I mentioned before sometimes there's things that don't sit well with you but you want to not liking something just for the emotional reasons is pretty weak uh so sometimes you've got to try to balance the emotion and the rational and and sometimes they can, that can be difficult to articulate so I was reading this book with you know, sort of the looking for, looking for, I suppose, a steel man type view of socialism. So I wanted to better understand why this concept would be uh, appealing to really anybody, because it seems on the surface, to me at least, to be uh, completely counterintuitive to anything, to freedom, to, uh, and certainly to ambition. And I think while reading it, uh, or sorry, I was listening to the audiobook uh, out taking a walk today in the beautiful weather, something jumped out at me. And it wasn't something specific that was said, but it was just a visual that came to my mind while listening to, there was a quote from, I can't remember her name, but it was somebody who who was a member of the Communist Party who was making an effort to differentiate 
socialism from communism. And to be honest, I didn't really fully get through the quote because as they were describing this, again, as I say, taking an honest look at these ideas, um, an image came to my mind. And one of the things that socialism wants to do is it wants to, well, the primary purpose is that it wants to put the collective good first above the individual um, interests, which I, I, it surprises me a lot that liberals would take on this or people who call themselves liberal, because I don't think it's a liberal idea. The, the whole underlying philosophy of liberalism is taking care of the downtrodden and the people who don't have a voice, the minority. Whereas socialism does not cater to the minority. If anything, it's quite the reverse. It, it wants to put the greater good of, what would you call it, the majority above what any individual might think they want. So, um, and the another thing that it strives to do is to to level out um, what they perceive to be inequality, uh, especially financial inequality. And the only way you can do that is by seizing property. That's pretty clear. Higher taxes is a start, especially, you know, making it um, greater, the greater percentages, the higher up the financial spectrum you go. But basically the idea is to flatten the... Um, I guess the best word for it is hierarchy. Um, the wealth, they, the wealth distribution is is the term often used. So what they want is they don't want a great disparity between the people at the top and the people at the bottom. They want to level that out, which might sound nice. Big problem being that our natural state is to have ambition. And what happens if you put a ceiling on that and you say, no matter how ambitious you are, you can't get any higher because if you get higher, then someone else will find that not fair or not equal. So this is the big problem. And, and from a physical standpoint, I think ambition is one of the greatest factors required, if not the greatest, in terms of making progress. In This isn't just physical changes. This is any kind of improvement anyone wants to make. You have to be driven to do it. And my ex, um, she recently uh, decided to send me some kind of, I don't know, ill-conceived messages recently. I'm not quite sure what she was thinking, but they came across as very childish. And one of the things that was the, the reason that we didn't last was because she was all behind these socialist ideas. She had no ambition. In fact, she was a ambition vacuum. She sucked it out of everyone in her circle 
no drive whatsoever to better herself, um, was on basically welfare for the majority of the time I was with her. And, you know, in order to get her to do anything, you basically had to light a fire under her. And if things, you know, didn't work out for her in some ways, it was always blaming other people and someone else was at fault and so on. So again, just just harsh reminders of why it's so important to have the values of um, of ambition, you know, and not let those kind of well-intentioned philosophies poison the very foundation of of what allows us to achieve at our highest level. So anyway, um, I'm going to leave it at that. I, I know this, this one was a little bit all over the place, but it's strange times and hopefully, uh, hopefully my ideas will become a little bit more orderly. I'm really striving these days to bring some kind of order into my life because this whole lockdown business is not comfortable. We see a lot of extremes of people just going through the stores. You see some people who are extremely oblivious and rushing by you and not following the the arrows they've got on the ground or the social distancing recommendations. And then on the other hand, you've got people who are basically walking around with a measuring tape in their pocket, you know, being a dickhead every time somebody sets you know, if, if anyone's too close. I mean, you see these extremes of people. But those, like I say, are the outliers. The majority of people, I would say, are aware of what's happening, not comfortable with what's happening, but accepting of it and hoping for something better. That is very encouraging to me that it seems to me that more people want to get back to some kind of normal. The people who don't, or who are resisting, or who are name-calling anytime someone suggests this, are seem to be just kind of motivated by some ulterior motive, whether that's political or, or some other ideological or like I say socialism the socialists are, are loving this because hey nobody has to work and the government just pays for everything and and they get their little power grab and they get to have a little taste of this utopia they want and I find it sickening that they see this world in chaos and, and they love it in fact there was there was something uh, Bill Maher said. Bill Maher's a interesting character. He's quite bright. Um, ninety percent of what he says, I disagree with. The ten percent, he says that I do agree with. Um, I think he's 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 got uh, well thought out. But then, then he'll come out with something that just seems completely foolish and and short-sighted um 
I can't remember who he was talking to, but there was somebody that he was saying, I saw him say this clip, it was quite a while ago, but he said, you know, he hopes that there's some kind of huge tragedy or I can't remember the exact words he used, but he said it would be great, you know, if there was some kind of disaster or something so that Trump could come out of it looking bad. He wanted his entire nation to suffer just so that he could be proven right about his views on Donald Trump. I mean, how sick is that? And I think those are the kinds of things that we ought to be aware of and, and ought to, I mean, hey, go ahead and hate whatever politician you want. I don't care, but can we not at least all hope for the best and and respect that in times like this, everybody wants essentially the same thing? Um, that that was would obviously be my idealistic hope, but it's not the way it is, unfortunately. Um, but in a way, I guess it's maybe good it's that way because, you know, I, I'm okay with people thinking differently. What irritates me is when people are unable to um, see anything beyond their narrow view of the world. Um, especially when they do so and, and they try to try to claim the moral high ground um, by being immoral. That I, 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 It amazes me how how blind people can be to their own um, hypocrisy, I guess. Anyway, uh, that's so much for that uh, cheerful little thing. <laughs> I was uh, trying to wrap up five minutes ago, but uh, like I say, hopefully uh, things will start getting back to normal, and uh, I'd like to see this podcast, podcast get back to normal. Bye for now.